Good to see everybody. Zoom folks, come on back if you can. If you can, we love you and miss you. Oh, I need some glasses. <laughs> I know, you laid them out for me and I didn't pick them up. Here you go, I got it. Thanks, Chuck. No, I, that's it. So early this week, the Lord drew me to Ephesians 2. So I would encourage you to go ahead and turn there in the Bible if you want. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, let me get my Bible open here. I shared this with home group the other night, but I want to share it again. Um, well, I'm going to do my best to be still. <laughs> I, no promises. <laughs> um. One of my coworkers called me and wanted to get together for lunch, and I had no idea why. All I knew is where we were meeting. And so Beefo Grady's in Midlow is about halfway for us, so we just decided we'd hook up there. And as I was getting ready that morning, I just suddenly felt like the Lord gave me a word. And so my thought was, I can't wait to meet the waiter or waitress that this is for. I mean, I was excited. Because as you know, if you've experienced when the Lord speaks, you're like, okay, you're doing this. This ain't me. This is you. And I just get to participate and cooperate a little bit. And so I was really excited all morning long about seeing who the Lord pinpointed for me to share this with and just see what he'd do with it. And... Leave it up to him. And so I get to the restaurant, and as my friend starts telling me the latest in his story, the Lord said, it's for for him. And so I was able to share it with him, and it seemed to have an obvious immediate impact. And it confirmed something that he had really been asking the Lord about. Just a big looming question that really weighed on his heart a lot. And the Lord just spoke to that. And so I was very encouraged and just slightly disappointed. Because I was really excited to share this with somebody that I didn't know. And and just watch God touch something in them. I want you to think about, and and that story will make more sense as I go along here, but I want you to think about where your life would be without Christ. Now, for those of us who grew up in the church and played along, followed the rules, did the right stuff for the most part, lied about the rest but was good at that, may not feel like, at first glance, it took as much work. It took as much of the saving power and grace of God, but I'm here to tell you, it did. The Lord showed me several years ago now, I just very specifically said, Lord, what would Paul Ward look like and be if I hadn't met you? If you had not drawn me to yourself 
what would I be? All I can tell you is it ain't pretty. What he showed me that my life would have been without him was just a mess. And so I want you to think about what your life would be without that interaction with the Savior and the impact that he's had on you in your life. Where would you be without him? And if in that place of depravity someone would come along and share God's heart and perspective for you, would that not just be awesome? Now, some of you, that's your story. Some of you were older in life and did not meet the Lord. And you know what your life was without him. And he came and made such a change. For me, he protected me from what would have become. For you, he may have protected you from where you were. Same thing. Still takes just as much of the love of God for that. Look in the first couple of verses of Ephesians 2 here. And you, he's talking to us, you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air and of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. He's basically saying, without Christ, you're a mess. Just a mess. And look, we can make a mess out of our lives with the most polite, good things. I was talking with somebody this week about just the deception of the lies that we give ourselves to, to hide pain and hide hurt and hide mess. And for some, it's the stuff that's so socially unacceptable, and we can, that seems all plain and clear. It's the stuff that's kind of socially acceptable. I mean, I've known people that just gave themselves to physically improving their body to a bizarre degree, just, uh, just consumed them. Well, they, well, they're trying to take care of themselves. No, they're running and hiding. But that kind of running and hiding seems okay. Some do it in education. Some do it in influence. Some do it in work, in their career. And give themselves to things that is not to the degree that God has called them to because they're trying to fill a hole in their soul. And so he's saying, look, This is what it was like without Christ. And we all lived in the lust of our flesh. Lust isn't just physical impropriety. Lust is a lot of things. I mean, lust can be food. I'm working on that one right now. Sort of. I'm not doing okay. All right, I fell off the wagon. My daughter made chocolate chip cookies, the best ever. So I fell off the wagon a little bit, but I'm back on. 
But it can be anything that we give ourselves to that take us away and try to cover up things that God wants to touch and God wants to heal. So we all lived in that stuff. But it's not just about us. What about the people that live next door down the street or sit across the office or the client or the coworker or the family member? the person at the grocery store, the waiter, the waitress. We are brushing up against people that are far away all day, every day. Or at least a fair amount of time. Now I get that sounds like a dichotomy. We're brushing up against those far away. But we're interacting and engaging with people that spiritually, Paul writes, says we're far, far off, just like we were without Christ. I want to ask your participation with something here for a minute. Chuck, we might need to run the microphone around just a little bit if you're up for it. If not, I'll find a younger man. All right, Nathan. Sorry, sweet, I didn't see your hand up first. So, look, some of us have been here for what feels like forever. Some of us have been here a very short time. Grateful for everybody that's part of this body. None are more valuable or more important than the other. But as I look across the room and as I think across the histories of different people that have been here and are here, just, it's been incredible to see what the Lord has done in people. And so I just want to take a minute and go around the room and you share what you've learned that seems to have really stuck out and how has it impacted you. Okay? So I'll let Mr. Nathan here bring the microphone to you. Who wants to go first? What has the Lord taught you in your time at Grace Covenant? And how has it impacted your life? I um, grew up in the church and we always, you know, memorized the definition of grace as God's riches at Christ's expense. And so made it about me and what I've learned here uh, just through what we've been taught, but also watching it in a lot of you is understanding what real grace is to find someone who has hurt you, someone who's offended you, someone who's wronged you, um, and then to realize what grace is, is to continue to love them anyway. And not just that, go above and beyond, bless them, even though they've offended you or hurt you. But really, and that's just a short example, we could do a whole sermon on that, but just really understanding what true grace is. And I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, but it's a lot bigger than I thought it was. That's good, Tim. Thank you. By the way, great worship today. And look, I know you're just servant and singer. You know. Um, so I think my thing kind of ties in like with Tim's, um, but mine was specifically love. I think uh, just because there's been, you know, relationships in my life that I'm having to learn to understand that there's a difference between love and trust. Um, and to me, I think where my fault was that God so graciously showed me um, is that I can't do them 
like separate. It's either I love you and trust you, or if I can't trust you, I can't love you. And that if if the father treated me the way I treated people, mm. it'd be bad. He couldn't. At the end of the day, he couldn't. But he's just a loving God. And I'm trying to wrap around, and I'm sure it's going to be a life's journey, understanding his love and how we're supposed to reflect that on others. So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it's been a, a eye-opening thing because we relocated here from Florida, and we came from a, a massive church. It was huge. And the congregation and everything was different. But relocating here, seeing I had family here, it was some expectation that I would rejoin my own family and their ministry. But I didn't. And uh, matter of fact, we were invited by the wards like Susan and Paul Ward. <laughs> my wife worked with Susan. And it's just been a different experience. Uh, just before we left Florida, uh, the Spirit of the Lord was moving upon, I would say, Christianity to uh, shake off of traditional westernized church service. And here we come here and relocate here and here Micah is trying to shake off the religious uh, formalities that the westernized church was accustomed to. And then that was a challenge to me because I got saved in the apostolic church and it's very religious and tight knit and everything. But here we were talking about really the liberty in Christ. I didn't know liberty in Christ or the freedom in Christ mm. as I've come to know it since being here at Grace. And, um, you know, I, I, I guess you could say I was legal, uh, legalistic. In my approach to the gospel, um, and I'm learning, still learning, what is grace? What is this grace? And the grace is to be shared with others that God has shared with us. We in turn have to learn what the grace is that we can share with others and bringing them along the side to bring it, uh, working with Christ and, and revealing him to others. So uh, the Grace Covenant has been, that's what it's been to me. Mm. It's just a continual journey of, like Tim was saying, defining grace. Thank you, Chuck. Tom, behind you, to your right. There you go. <laughs> I like that. Um What I've discovered uh, in the past few years, we've talked about a lot at Grace Covenant, is about being in the presence of the Lord, beholding Him, and 
when you do that, you begin to see yourself fade as he changes who you are, as he begins to show you who he says you are, when he begins to reveal to you your true self, but you don't even know who that is because you've spent so long defending a lie that was acceptable to you and to everybody else. And, you know, there's a fresh revelation of that in my life this week. Uh, I I worked nights all week and sleep during the day, and I had a a little uh, commitment Friday morning that I needed to do, and so I had set an alarm at 11 o'clock, and I slept right through that dude. About, I don't know, one o'clock or so, I woke up. And when I woke up, I was just like, you know how you do sometimes? You wake and you're just in a fog and you, you, you just aren't together. You just cannot put the thoughts together. Your attitude, you know, sometimes is like a bear that got awakened from his hibernation. And, and I was struggling with that. And, uh, had to go before I could even get a shower, you know, just brush my teeth and jump and run out the door. And, and the whole time I was just kind of out of sorts struggling. And, uh, Leslie and I were going to go out Friday night and we came home and I started, you know, getting ready. And then I told her, I said, I need to go center myself. I need to go take time to sit at the Father's feet because who I am right now and what I'm in is not Him. And He came and was gentle and, you know, it it wasn't that there was this great, huge awakening, you know, no falling on the floor, repenting and all that stuff, just a calm presence just to bring me back to the spot where I'm loved and I know who I am. When we first came to Grace Covenant, I don't know if it was 94 or 95, uh, we were a family in crisis. Uh, our son was on drugs and I, I was just a mess. And I came the first time, I think it was on a Wednesday night, and the first person I met, was Carlos Rafina. And I walked in the room and he had a big smile and he said, welcome. He told me who he was. And I told him who I was. And I just, I just thought, wow, you know, I'm, I felt welcomed. Even though I was really feeling such a mess as the mother of a, a, a kid on drugs, I felt like I was uh, I was to blame. It was my fault. I'd not been a good mother. And Carlos told me, he said, no, it doesn't, it doesn't have anything to do with you. That God was the perfect parent and his children rebelled. And those were words of life to me. They really were. And I'll never forget that. And uh, a few years ago, ironically, (laughs) 
um, through Carlos, I got the book Beholding and Becoming. And it absolutely changed my life. It was like I was born again, again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did. I always, you know, knew about the presence of God, but it opened up to me a way that I had never, I, I'd never experienced it before like that. I didn't, I didn't know that I could be in the presence of God any time. Right. That. I had the presence of God. I knew that I had the Spirit of God dwelling within me, but it it just kind of was a revelation almost. It, it gave me a deeper understanding of what the presence of God is. And it really did. It 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 changed the way I worship. It changed the way I pray. Uh it just it changed me. Like Tom was like Tom was saying, when you are in the presence of God, he shows you, you. He shows you yourself, the way he sees you. And that is just the most incredible thing. How he can, he can go deep down inside of all those places that we thought, they were too bad. They're too ugly. Right. They're, they're deep down in the cellar. But his light exposes those places. And they're not with condemnation. They're with just pure love. The love of a father. So it just has really, it, it's really changed my life. And like I said, it's changed everything about the way I worship and pray. And that kid that was on drugs, we prayed and prayed for him. And gosh, it's been about 15 years ago now. He was on drugs for 10 years. And about 15 years ago, he turned his, God turned his life around. <laughs> and he met the Savior. And he's a worship leader now in a church in, in Cedar Hill. Awesome. So God does answer prayer. Yeah, he does. He does. That's good, Jerry. Thank you. Tanner had his hand up over here. That got me out of breath. (laughs) Um, Obviously, growing up, being born into Grace Covenant, I've got to know everybody, um, and I get to see... God's grace every time, every day, every time I speak to one of you. I can think of so many times everyone's had a word for me or I get to hear a word for another. Each of those is just a little grace that you get to experience. Um, you get to see everything. You get to see revival. You get to see the good he's done. Um and I get to experience and learn. And that's probably the biggest thing is learn from everybody. I get to see how everybody experienced the Lord in their own ways, um, how they speak with Him, how they experience Him. And I get to apply that myself and grow from that. Because God is infinite and His love is infinite and what you get to learn is infinite. Um... And I think Grace Covenant 
has just really brought a place that's unique where you can do that. And it's like none other. Um, and this place is a blessing. And I think God really touched this place to make it unique like none other. Um, yeah, uh, I guess that's really is how I see it. Um, that we're one body that's unique and different from the rest. Um, mine kind of goes along with that. Uh, I also was born into this and grew up like this. And I think one of the biggest things that I've realized is that, um, this is not normal having like this support system. I think, I think I kind of grew up thinking that people, everybody had something like this and they don't. Um, it's just people like we really, really have a huge support system in this body and we're really blessed to have it. I can't even count on my hands how much these three and that table has done for us. So Cam in the born into it crowd, I was a little older when we came, so I guess I had some experience outside of grace, but how do you, I can't even the whole time I was sitting here thinking, what one thing could I share? What And there's been so many things that I've learned here in this body that have impacted my life. But I think the biggest thing that has been a blessing is that from a very, very young age, I was taught how to have a relationship with the Father. I was taught how to go to the Father's feet, how to sit in His lap the importance of that relationship with the Lord and how if you don't have that, you can't have life-giving relationships with the people around you. And so I think that's the biggest thing. And also just like Isabel and Tanner said, just because of that relationship with the Father, I've built lifelong life-giving relationships with so many people, not just in this body, but I've been able to experience that outside of this body as well. It's taught me how to love other people and give life instead of death and just recognizing that outside of the body, that this is a life-giving, I want to be a part of this. I want to bring life to every situation that I'm in. Thank you. Anybody else? I was, you know, a part with Isabel and Tanner that I was born here in Grace Covenant and I've grown up with pretty much everybody in here. Yeah, everybody in here knows who I am. Um, most of you in here probably changed a diaper or two of mine. <laughs> Some things and, we just want to forget. <laughs> um, I feel like coming in here, you know, as a kid, there's a lot of things that you can soak in and be exposed to. And there's a lot of things that you kind of have to learn and come to terms with. And being here kind of made one of those things, um, religion, but actual, the definition of religion. And I think we kind of take for granted the fact that, you know, a lot of religion treats like, you know, it puts God in a box. We hear about all these people who are tied to denominations and, they're judging others, you know. Um, at the Oaks, we talked about 
uh, a famous icon who was openly calling out to Satan. And he said that in an interview that his church told him that he was the problem and not how to solve the problem. And I just thought that would never happen over here. And it kind of made me see how much that this is liberty. This is freedom. This isn't religion. This is friendship. This is father and child. You know, we're not being forced to dress in specific clothes and making a bunch of rules. This is just obedience. Whatever God says, we do it. And it's, it's so beautiful. And I took it for granted for a really long time. Thank you, Adam. Johnny had his hand up, and we'll stop with Johnny. Sorry, I keep calling out names thinking Nathan knows who they are, and sorry. Well, I learned, and this is over my 70 years, plus years, that when you ask something that God thinks is right, he's going to keep that promise. That may not be the way that you think it's going to be, right. you know, and it may be over a period of time, but if you have such an awesome God, he's going to do things in your life as you look back. That things that I asked for when I was 13 years old, he brought into my life. You got to understand that God plays by his rules, not yours. And what he has done was through my life, I've always had faith that whatever I get myself into or whatever problems that I have, he's going to take care of it for me. And I think sometimes you don't realize it's happening or the way it's going, Mm -hmm. but it ends up being for your benefit and his. All right. One more. Um, real fast, because I, I think when I think of this body specifically, Grace Covenant, I think um, safe place. Mm. To be who God's created me to be, to find that, to seek out others, to mess up, to be ugly, and then to be accepted. And so this has been a safe place. Thank you, Susan. All right, so here was the result, and thank you. Oh, I was going to. Oh, is that okay? please. I, yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I'm say no to the guy that ran the mic. <laughs> okay, um, so I am like the exact opposite of most of you who spoke. I was not born into Christianity for the longest time. I didn't go to church on Sundays um, or do any of that, but um, I mean, one night, um, we were at Carissa's birthday party and Adam was like, Hey, stay the night, go to church with us in the morning. We all go to the same church. I was like, okay, cool. Church, fun. Um, and then I came and it was a lot different. Everybody had just like opened their arms to me like they'd known me their whole lives. And some of you, when I walked in here for the first time, you were all talking to me and treating me like you've known me for the longest time, and I didn't even know who y'all were. And um, I guess that this church really just taught me, like, how to love and how to worship because, like I said, I didn't go to church on Sundays, so I was like, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I don't 
follow it, if that makes sense. Like, I believe in God, but I don't talk to him. I don't realize that he's there. But coming here, I've started to, like, feel that. And um, I've been more comfortable talking to him. I've been trying to work on hearing him better. And um, But uh, I just want to give the credit to y'all because y'all have made a lot of that possible by just opening your arms and uh, welcoming me like I'm y'all's family. So thank you. That's good. Thanks, bro. Love this guy. The purpose of this little exercise was not to be a brag on Grace Covenant Church, but it's just to reflect on the impact that God has had in so many lives in the room. And look, if we had all day, we could fill up the rest of the day telling these stories and more. And I think I think probably everyone would say, yep, I can relate to that one. Yep, I remember that one. Yeah, I know that one. Here's the purpose for remembering. A lot of people need what resides in you. A lot of people are out there that are just dying on the inside. I remember growing up with the four spiritual laws and feel like I've got to know all these virtues and I've got to be able to go through the Roman road to get somebody to salvation because I have to be able to convince them or I've got to read the book on how to be an apologist for Christ. And that doesn't mean apologizing for being a Christian. That just means a defense of the faith and having all these right answers. You know what I've got that they need? I've got him in you guys and him in me to give away. We carry around in us light for dark, health for sickness, peace for torment, love over abandonment, Direction for the aimless. I believe strongly that in the last few months, the Lord has been stirring something. And he's saying, it's time to get it out of here and into where it's needed Look, what God does in us is needed, and we desperately need to know him and be intimate with him. But what we experience with him is so needed in the world. And we've all got that life, and we bear that light as we go into dark. So I think the Lord's calling us. This is the phrase I feel like he gave me. Well, there are several. I'm trying to... Well, the last thing he told me was, I'm not finished. I have something else. And that something else is the lost coming to the light. And you and I are a part of that spiritual procreation. Now, if you grew up like I did and it's got to go a certain way, just throw it out the window, okay? 
but just be open about what you've seen God do in you and what you've seen him do in others and know that he wants to do that for others still. If we'll let him. There's a lot of that to come. I'm going to share more about this next week. I thank you all for sharing your story. But there's some other things specifically that I feel like the Lord gave me. I want to share it with you, and I'll do that next week. Here's your homework. Read Ephesians 2. And just ask God, Lord, what's your perspective of people that don't know you? I pray that he's give you some very specific names and faces. And then he began to stir in you an eagerness to give away what you got. Amen.